and welcome to Disrupt Podcast and the third episode of this four-part series brought to you in partnership with the Jack Ma Foundation's Africa's Business Heroes program. Applications are open now for the fifth edition of the ABH initiative, which is aimed at inspiring founders from every sector who are positively impacting communities. Applicants have the chance to win a share of 1.5 million US dollars in grant funding, as well as gain access to mentorship, training and a community of like-minded entrepreneurs. This series speaks to various African founders to find out what impact ABH had on their businesses and how taking part has helped them scale more rapidly. In the last episode, we heard from two founders about the role ABH played in helping them secure funding. This week, we move on to geographic expansion. Tesh Mbabu is CEO of Kenyan retail tech company Market Force, which is well-funded and expanding across the continent at quite a pace. We caught up with him to talk about the mechanics of scaling in Africa. Marketforce is a B2B commerce super app that enables Africa's informal merchants to source and order and pay for inventory digitally and conveniently. We also enable them to access financing, uh, collect digital payments and make extra income by acting as agents for important financial services such as airtime, electricity tokens and bill payments uh, within their communities. Why does Marketforce do what it does? What's the motive behind the product? As you may know, the Africa retail market is very fragmented and expensive to service for a lot of the consumer brands. Uh, yet we have millions of independent retailers operating on the continent and serving 90% of the uh, consuming population. We also have them being serviced by very fragmented you know, distributor, wholesaler, sales agent network. And that means that they frequently um, have challenges with access to stock. So that reduces their sales. And uh, most importantly, the, the, the problem we're trying to solve is they lack working capital facilities just because of the fact that they don't have any formal record keeping. So we've transitioned um, their records from ordering to how they manage inventory into an app and enable them to also access uh, financial services that are critical for them to grow. So how does the startup monetize? We monetize through availing real-time market intelligence. These are dashboards for FMCGs. And we also provide targeted ads and promotions and marketing as a service to uh, these brands to enable them access the thousands of merchants on our platform on a daily basis. We asked Tesh about Market Forces' ABH journey. My ABH uh, Africa Business Heroes journey has been uh, quite amazing. So I applied for the first time in 2019, but wasn't successful um, to get to the final top 10, which was initially was my goal. I, however, we got to the top 50. And I did not give up. I applied again in 2020, uh, got through the process, top 50, top 20, top 10, and finally went to pitch live uh, where I came out as overall second place in the entire competition, which was you know, quite validating for the work we do and the, the problem we're solving on the continent. How did ABH help when it came to the startup's expansion? Prior to uh, the competition, Market Force had already expanded to five markets in Sub-Saharan Africa. That's Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, Rwanda, and Nigeria, with over 200,000 merchants and nearly 200 consumer brands trading on our platform. 
Uh, we also have employed hundreds of, of staff, a lot of whom are sales agents who are gig workers who we go out to the field to onboard the customers, the merchants, and really get them on board on the technology that we use. However, the reason we, we, we wanted to apply for ABH is because we wanted to test our, uh, our impact pieces and, you know, just do more work around that. And since we won the grant, we've been able to provide digital training to 300 more gig workers uh, in Kenya and Nigeria specifically. Um, and this has enabled these people to onboard more merchants and we're seeing higher retention rates uh, for the, both the sales agents and the merchants who um, are part of this program, the digital training programs. So we expect to extend that uh, and train at least 700 more. Our target was to train 1,000 gig workers through this grant across all our five markets. And so far, it's going very well. The money, then, has proven helpful. But was ABH helpful beyond that? So outside the grant, um, it's, it, what's been most amazing for me is the caliber of cohort members that we went alongside with, you know, throughout the journey all the way to the top 10. I uh, really learned a lot from observing what they're doing in their businesses, you know, because, you know, I'm a firm believer that iron sharpens iron. And for me, ABH was not just to strengthen my own entrepreneurial journey, but also to do, to do that for others uh, through sharing my story and interacting with other finalists and these guys have really inspired me to see what is possible because I, sh I share I believe with them uh, that we can build a self-sustaining Africa through emphasizing and encouraging youth entrepreneurship and collaboration the markets are big so I don't like to look at other entrepreneurs as competitors uh, we're all collaborating to build a better continent this has been a theme throughout this series. The fact that being part of a cohort of other top-level entrepreneurs has strengthened the businesses of the whole group. Iron indeed strengthens iron. But why is it so important for African startups to scale? For us, scaling geographically is important because of the potential. Um, you know, entrepreneurship is all about, uh, has a lot of potential to create impact at scale. Scale means being able to replicate a solution that you've built in one market to a massive audience. And that often means having to go outside your core geography. Um, in our case, you know, from 40 million population, 50 million people in Kenya, uh, being able to extend that service to other markets and tap a population of half a billion people over uh, the next uh, two years or so is, is the reason it's important for us to to, to expand geographically. So how does Market Force choose where to expand to? Our criteria for country expansion includes you know, assessing the market size, how many merchants are present, how does the retail sector look like as a percentage of G G GDP, and social factors such as languages spoken, the level of smartphone penetration, um, and um, assessing the competitive landscape, you know, how does the regulatory environment look? What are the partnership opportunities? What other startups operate in that ecosystem that you can partner with, etc.? What were the biggest challenges and key learnings along the way? 
So the biggest challenge in learning uh, was when we decided to expand fast. Uh, we decided to choose a big market, Nigeria, and in the West, we decided, okay, let's move from Kenya to Nigeria because we understand East Africa. We'll come back to the other East African markets. Let's figure out how to also expand in a big market in East Africa so that we can actually prove that this is a Pan-African play. So how did that go? So initially, we did not realize how important localization was um, in, in making this expansion. So we thought our Kenyan team would be able to, you know, lead the operationalization of the new markets um, from afar, sort of. So we had a lot of uh, dependencies on market force headquarters in Kenya in that case to, to serve that market uh, from different uh, business angles, uh, we had a centralized PNL, uh, etc. But that failed, and and was later corrected by recruiting a very strong country leader uh, who operated as a general manager, owning the country PNL and all aspects of the business performance in that country. And over time, as we grew, country managers have been given more and more autonomy to manage their businesses, and we've seen that work very, very well. Um, so I think that's that's very important, getting a citizen or a resident of that country and really holding them accountable for the delivery of results uh, and just providing a general operational framework uh, and support uh, rather than trying to micromanage and, and uh, run these companies uh, as, as a founder from where you are. What does this leader look like? A bit like an entrepreneur, actually. And typically, this leader needs to have experience overseeing business operations, you know, building a team, growing customers, uh, managing finances, and even generating revenues. So that's, that's been my biggest uh, learning. is an inspiring entrepreneur who has driven market force to expand across the continent at pace. He does, however, attribute much of his startup's expansion to its participation in ABH, whether that be the impact of the grant funding or the strength he drew from his fellow founders. Remember, applications for ABH are open at africasbusinessheroes.org now. That's all for this episode of Disrupt Podcast. Please do join us in a couple of weeks for the fourth and final instalment in this series, when we'll be talking about innovation within social enterprises on the continent. Until then, bye. Bye.